Hey everybody, Daniel Ramsey here with Scale the Podcast. Now, every once in a while, I get to talk to a friend and this friend actually competes in the real estate tech space. Um, he is the founder and CEO of Skyslope. And if you've followed my Outdesk over the years, we've been we've been friends with Tyler and I've featured him. He's featured me on a couple of different shows. What's cool is uh, we've been following his company, I don't know, over the last 15 years. And in the last four, he was purchased by Fidelity, um, now has a large leadership team and has seen his company go from, you know, 10 million to uh, next year, he's planning on a $40 million company and all in the tech real estate space. So it's interesting, you know, for you as a consumer, it's interesting to you as a business person. And um, there's a lot of good nuggets about leadership and where the country's going and how to compete in business in general. And I just really like Tyler's energy. And I've always really admired the way he competes in business. I think you're going to like this one. Stay tuned for Scale the Podcast with Tyler Smith, the CEO and founder of Skyslope. Uh, what's uh, what's going on with the acquisition? Um, and, yeah. and like you're you're three years in, right? Two, three, uh, four years in October uh, third. So I just passed four years. Wow. Um, we're doing great. We're about to make some some acquisitions. I can't talk about the acquisitions, but we are we are acquiring. Um, and growing. We have great growth this year. Uh, we've opened up our platform. The business, and we open it up. Now we sell forms. So if you think about real estate cycle, we've always been a post execution platform. Right. So now we are pre execution, meaning forms, a digital signature, opposed to just, I've got my documents and it's a real deal. Put them in. We're almost like a file cabinet. Now we're a, an open file cabinet, call it. Um, so we're, 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 we're doing that and it's been huge. Like we're landing MLSs and associations to direct to agents. So we don't sell to brokers only anymore. We, we now go to associations. So like, uh, Oregon just signed up 17,000 agents. So are you guys, you guys are going after wind forms basically. Yep. Zip forms. Uh, that's the, the one you probably know of dot loop. They yeah. 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 And then us, there's no one else really doing the form stuff. And it's tough. It's, it's really expensive. We spend a lot of money, more than we probably should, to license these li- these forms that that we give back to the members who already pay for the forms. So for free, yeah, for free, yeah. yeah but yeah, I, yeah. I get it. I, I get it. It's their proprietary, uh, uh, you know, forms and their contract. Um, it's really cool. So that's that's what our big focus of ours is on. I mean, you go in and get seventy thousand agents opposed to what brokerage are you going to sell that has 17,000 agents? It's, it's a lot different sell for sure. That's interesting. And, and it's still in your wheelhouse, which is that big enterprise sales kind of style. 100%. A handful of folks. Because yeah, I was say the sales guys love it because you sign up 17,000 agents like in Oregon, we have about 50% of the agents that already use our platform through the brokers that pay us. Mm-hmm. Now you can see agents are going and using our, our forms product Sales can now say, hey, uh, Dan, guess what? Like 14 of your 30 agents are using the forms product. You should just get the platform. It all ties together. And so now it's almost like a sales channel, which yep. is great. Um, and they have everything in one. So now they don't have you know all these different types of technologies that they're using, which agents love that, brokers love it. So it's uh, it's new to us. We've been about for a year and it's, it's like, it's just thriving right now. Yeah, how's Sky TC? Last time I talked, that was a big 
Big Good. We're, we're, there's pros and cons. It's a very difficult business. It's a service-based business. You know more about that than anybody. Um, so that's 15%, number one. 15%, yeah. baby. Yeah. So that's one. Number two, we have 30 transaction coordinators-ish, maybe 33, maybe 29, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, 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 they do, arguably, they are better than the, the standard transaction coordinator. They handle more files, which is good for a business side of things. Right. Um, Easy town. Um, what about the AI stuff you guys were working on? How's that going? Yeah, so we have a, a, a team right now fully dedicated to uh, machine learning, um, building now where we can extract document text out of these documents, identify the documents, and then use that data to do things on behalf of our users. Uh, so you can imagine when you're creating a, a transaction in SkySlope, you are um, typing in a lot of different data points. So we're yeah. taking our MLS data, then we're going to be taking the, the data inside the document to then complete the transaction for the user. Mm-hmm. We believe um, our thesis is at some point we'll be able to read the contracts, understand them, and audit them better than an admin or an auditor. Therefore, brokers will want to continue to use our services because we can help them focus on what matters most. One of the things that we're pushing on is like less, less, less screen time, more FaceTime, you know, whether that's an admin having more FaceTime with their, their agents or recruiting, or whether that's an agent having more FaceTime, whether that be the FaceTime with the camera or the belly to belly FaceTime yeah, yeah, yeah. With, their, with their clients. And at the end of the day, agents care about two things, serving their clients, which equals into more money and revenue. Right. And so if we can help them do that more, why should they be doing this transaction management platform stuff. Like it should just work automatically, almost like a self-driving transaction. So it's interesting. The AI is interesting. Are you guys playing with uh, data like in the title world yet? Like, are you integrating title into your platform and are you looking for blockchain to eventually for you guys to be the blockchain piece? We're not, we're not that far yet. We have discussions about it and we have some, some models we're working on. However, Right now we are integrating titles. So if you think about it, agents, you, you know this, your, your folks, your whole team, that when you're yep. transaction porting for a, a realtor, you're doing several different things. You're ordering escrow, title, insurance, inspections, home warranty, natural hazard reports, all this stuff. We've integrated that all into our platform. So it's like okay. one, one click button, one click button, one click open escrow. Um, and you can do that all within one place. And so we believe that the more of those services that you have to go outside of somewhere to do, like let's bring them into our ecosystem and allow yeah. for agents and or transaction coordinators to do it. We're doing it for ourselves because if it makes sense for our TCs, which is a service-based business where it speeds them up, we think it'll speed agents up. Yeah. Like, think about like um, the referral agreement. It's the craziest process. They have to go into zip forms. They have to create a new account, new file, add the form, send it to their broker to sign, send it to the New York agent and broker to sign, then get it back. And then they got to do something with it and wait for that realtor to like update them, which as you know, rarely happens. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so just those types of things, like how do we take all these complex things still and bring them in to our application? So hmm. what about the after close stuff? Have you guys started selling warranties? furniture, Amazon, like partnering? Yeah. yeah. So if you think about, uh, yes and no, we have run a couple different tests. So the first thing is the pretty obvious one. What do consumers need to do and what do, what do realtors want to help them with? And go back 12, 15 years ago was, here's a list of all my people that I want to refer you to that are great. Yeah. And you know, this is how you, here's the county utilities and like, 
No one does it anymore. Google's taken that away. However, we believe there's an easy way of, if, if a consumer buys a house, can we help them go through these things? Changing their address with the United States Postal Service, simple, no brainer. Transferring over utilities, simple, no brainer. Um, ordering cable and internet, even transferring internet, um, yes. So we are doing those things. As we move on, how do we do additional things? We have tested out, so we took that back and we tested out insurance. Insurance went through bonkers because prior to close of escrow, everyone's trying to get insurance. You know how it is. We're trying to get it last minute. Yep. Um, so we partnered with a great company out there that gives three of the, 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 the um, they go out to like 40 different vendors and come back and do the top three based on price and coverage, like within 30 seconds. So you can see, you can click, you can buy. I mean, it's done that fast. Um, and consumers are loving that just because it's, it's, it's working because they're using it, but it's just quick and easy service. Um, there's so much more to add on. I mean, it's, it's really difficult because as you know, realtors have a very strong opinion of what service providers and vendors that they want. And they might want, you know, Amy's dog shampooing company, which I make that up, but that has no integration that doesn't know about technology. That's like, Hey, just, you know, how do you give me the number of them? And so it's, it's, it's very challenging. Um, but it's a fun problem to solve. I mean, our team's working really hard on it. We, we do have the, a really good start to what we call the consumer portal, where it has one of many different um, services that consumers can get help on, whether that's finding a local plumber or a painter or moving services, a U-Haul, as you know, we're doing a big, we're gonna try to do a big partnership like a U-Haul company, but it's very difficult because realtors, they wanna know how this is so good that they should then endorse it to their client. Cause we're just, we're the middle person. We can't just say, hey, Dave, you use us, and by the way, we're going to now talk to your client. They don't. They don't do that really well. That's that doesn't fly. So, um, but yeah, it's it's, it's really a, I think a great great offering for realtors. Um, we're also going to expose it just to consumers in general because we think it's that great. Mm. What are uh, after four years of being owned by a, a larger parent company? I imagine there's some like lessons learned, like yeah. some things that you're like, holy crap! If I would have known this, like I'm curious, what are those? What does that look like? Um, I think the biggest thing I, I knew budget and PL pretty well. I, I, we self-funded the company. I had to look, I had, to, I was forced to learn dollars because yeah. it was self-funded and you're only as good as the money you bring in. And so I knew that, but I, I didn't know about all the different things like capitalizing, you know, um, your technology and your R and D and all of these other things. And then how that plays into a PL. Um, cause we went from cash based to accrual based. So that completely changed a lot of different things. Um, so that's one I learned, like, I know that the finance side of it really well, like hands on rolled up the sleeve. Like I know that really well. I think the other thing that I've learned is, um, you know, when you're a smaller company, um, and I consider us still small, but like when you're a startup, it's like, you're all working close together in a huddle and you're talking in, 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 in it, you build this relationship. And as you get bigger, especially remote, guess what? People, you don't know as many people. I used to walk around and manage by walking around and talking to people and seeing them. That's much different now. Yeah. And so I think that not only being with a bigger company like Fidelity, you know, thousands and thousands of employees, but also with the pandemic, I've learned that it's that's not the key to success for leadership. It's more vision. Where What's our mission? What's our vision? Extremely important in my opinion but also more is consistency. They want someone who's consistent. They don't care what type of consistency. If you're a consistent, um, 
You're hardworking grinder. That's fine. They just want to be consistent. If you are a leader that is, hey, here are the goals. I'm going to leave you alone, but go run. I think consistency is what really matters for what I have found in this new era that we're in. Um, not just being with Fidelity, but also adding COVID to it as well. It's just, uh, it's completely changed for sure. They like, they want someone who's consistent. Yeah, no more hot tubs in the in the office. Oh, <laughs> uh, we, we don't. You know, it's so funny. Dan, actually, I think we gave the hot tub to him. Um, so yeah, yeah, we don't have uh, we don't have the hot tubs anymore. No, those are those have been long gone, thankfully. That's funny. What's um what's next for the company? Like what's 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 the big stuff that's gonna happen? Yeah, I'm going, so I'm doing our, we're doing our final budget right now for 2022. Um, and one of the things I'm working on, um, and we're, we've already made a really big transition for our organization from um, all of our resources on broker and broker only to, hey, we realize that agents want and deserve the best technology out there. And at the end of the day, the market has shifted. There's a shift in the real estate industry. If you think about it, call it 25 years ago, it was the consumer, it was this black book and the consumer's like, I'm moving to Folsom. What's the schools? What's the area? Yeah. Like, I don't know anything about it. And you're the pro realtor and the realtor knew everything. Well, fast forward even 14 years ago, it's, I can go on any website. I can see the schools, the walking scores. I know more than the realtor today. They know way more than the realtor. Let's face it. There's things that the realtors know, no doubt, but the consumer has access to a lot of data. And, and so that only pushed a major shift into value, which you see the iBuyers out there, you see people offering discount brokerages, which is nothing new, but it's now it's an exposure. If you think about the real estate broker industry, when I got my real estate license, that was, you're at a 50-50 split kid. And when you yeah. sell enough, you'll get higher. Now, 50-50 split, those don't even exist. I don't care if you're referring this person deals left and right, you're not getting a 50-50, it's too hard. And so what happened is the broker's value has gone down in a lot of different ways because providing an office with a printer and great flyers and great marketing, there's value there, but guys, I, 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 I'm, no one's printing anymore. No one, like I don't remember the last sign I saw with flyers outside. I honestly, I, I don't remember the last house I saw with flyers. Um, and debatable, like our, how, how important are signs for brand recognition? Yeah. But people are looking online way before they're driving around the neighborhood. You know what I mean? So it's just funny to me because as you think about it, we've put so much resource, all these resources and value into brokers, which has been great. Obviously we've built our business off of it and we're going to continue to serve our brokers. No doubt. Um, you know, we're, we still have teams that are working on, but we are investing, um, and hiring for a lot of agent specific products. Cause we believe at the end of the day, no matter how much the broker loves our software, if the agent, their top producers, like, I don't want to use this. These are the things that's missing and it's holding me back. And I don't think we're anywhere near that, but if they were to say that, unfortunately the broker is going to have to, to do one of two things. They're going to have to leave us and go somewhere else, use a different software, or they're going to have to hire somebody to do the work for the agent because they want to keep that software. And so what our thesis is, is like, Hey, let's, triple down on realtors let's add additional team members and let's build tools and let's experiment and and we're gonna have some failures you know part of experimentation if you know the outcome it's, it's not an experiment and so um we're going to be experimenting a lot I mean, we put a really large budget to experimentation next year like really large our largest ever 
Um, and it's all about how do we innovate? How do we test things out? How do we get really intimate and really close with our agents so we can build them tools? And even knowing that maybe this tool's not gonna be great, let's try it out and test it out. So we're doing a lot of small sprints with smaller teams to get more products out to see what hits. And what's interesting as you're explaining that, I was thinking, um, what about the consumers? Like, isn't that the end all be all like, forget the agents for the, forget the brokers. I mean, it was brokers now it's agents, but yeah. really the long game yeah. is owning the eyeballs. Yeah. So if you think about that, it's a, it's a good point. I mean, if you look at the companies out there, the open doors, the, the eye buyers, the Zillow's, the Redfin's, et cetera. Um, there's no doubt if, if you can go online and see what your house can sell and someone's ready to write an offer on it today at cash and you don't like, think about it. You don't have to have a realtor come out. You don't have to listen to their opinion. You don't have to stage it or clean it. Someone's like, here you go, I'm gonna buy it now. Of course, that's enticing. Now, the argument is, is it more or less than what you'd get in the open market if a realtor is listed? Now, I'm not gonna debate that. Um, I think there's there's times where Zillow buys it for more, or and I think there's times that the realtor can list it and get more. So I think it's, call it 50-50 for the argument's sake. What I believe is, it's convenience. I think at the end of the day, they want convenience. The consumer wants convenience. Think about us as consumers. We want to click a button and have our toilet paper show up. And to be honest, I just want it to be automatic. I don't want to even click the button. Yeah. So I think that everybody in this, this, this new world of the, the, the pandemic that happened, it only accelerated consumer demand as far as what they, not the demand on purchasing, that obviously is there, but the demand on, I expect this type of service now. I don't need to go to the bank. I can take a photo of my check and I can put it in my bank. So why do I have to drive to the title? Why does someone have to pick it up? So we built something out for that. So all these different things we built out because why should I do that? So. To make a big pivot for us as a company, we're still fully committed to brokers and realtors and, and helping them spend less time on the screen and more, more, more time face-to-face -face or, or on FaceTime, right? And so um, when you think about that, it, it's, it's, we can't go directly to the consumer. That'd be tough. Um, yeah. Now we have to become a marketing company. We have to become a front-end company. And there's some ideas and thoughts around that that we're working on. And that's as much as I'll say there, but we are still fully committed to the broker and agent. We, we believe that... Um, my, my brother manages a lot of big properties in, in, in California and uh, one of the properties someone's buying is a, a celebrity. I don't think Ariana Grande is going to sell her house on Zillow. I think she's going to hire a realtor. So I think there's going to be a different flavor for different people. Um, I think if I owned a house in Arizona that was $500,000, that's a rental and my tenant's moving out and I don't want to deal with it, I might just take what I can get, no doubt. Um, and it's easy because it's not, I, I know I'm going to get at least what I put into it, but at the end of the day, it's still the single largest financial investment anybody has. Um, there's a lot of work and I think it's gotten a lot better. Like, and I think the market share for those I buyers have gotten a lot better. And I don't think they're going to go away. I think they're here to stay. I think what has to happen is I think there'll be different flavors for different people. This is like, if you think about it, a full service brokerage I wanted to go to maybe five years ago. And then remember the will sell your house for 1%. So yeah. there, that, that there's nothing new with that concept. Consumers have choice. It's how do you proposition your value? And I think that's the, the, the hard part for realtors because they have to adapt and they have to change because consumers are more wise and they're smarter and, and you have to be able to go and tell that consumer why they should list with you and what value you bring to the table. And I think the problem is, is the value part. I think they struggle with the value. 
Like it's, you have to stage your house. I'm going to help you do that. That's not, that's not quantifiable. If you told me, if I do this, this is how much more we're going to put your house in the market that, that then you can do that. But if, if I'm a consumer and I, this is where realtors, I love them. And this is what we have to help them do is I need to go in, in front of a, a buyer or a seller and say, this is what the market says your house is worth on all these four iBuyer websites. This is real. They will make you an offer. They'll give you cash and that's it. Yeah. Here's where I think it's worth. And here are the things that we need to do. And let me show you the ROI of how we're going to get that. Um, and I think that's, that's what has to be done. And that has to be explained of why that realtor can bring that level of value and can get them more dollars. Cause at the end of the day, that's all the consumer wants. I want more money. That's it. And, and if you can't provide the reasons why you can do that, man, it's tough. I think that, that, that they're not going to win against that. I was um, thinking back to your original um, mission, like you wanted to get rid of paper. Like I remember your old logo <laughs> and uh, I was just wow. thinking, I'm like, okay, that worked. You, there's no paper anymore. Uh, yeah, that's gone. <laughs> yeah, that, Going paperless is gone. Everyone, no one uses paper. Right. Well, so now I'm curious as you've kind of made this evolution, sold a portion of your company, report this larger publicly traded company. How have you redefined your vision? How have you redefined your mission? You mentioned that being most important with remote work. Like what does that look like? Yeah, we're, I'm working on it still right now. You're constantly working on, on, on your narrative, crafting your story, and then getting in front of your team members and constantly drilling it down. Again, going back to consistency. Right now, I mean, if you go back, even years ago, it was keeping brokers and agents connected to their customer forever, right? And the, the customer experience platform for real estate agents. That, you know, that was what we were on a mission to do. The old, you know, this is the old way. This is the new way. It's, it's goodbye transaction management and hello, you know, customer experience platform. Right. And, and that's, that still ships today. That still works today. However, we, we, the pandemic has completely modified and changed our direction. One, we can't create a customer experience platform if we don't have something that we can give to our clients, meaning agents and brokers, to stay connected to the customer. And really, the, the connection part is the, the, the post-close, right? So even if we delivered and said, hey, Dave, guess what? Here, you know, Daniel, here's all your stuff. Yeah, Dave, what's my name again? What's my name again? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I'm just saying Dave, Daniel. I'm just saying in general. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I go, hey, you know, Dan, here you go. You know, this is what you get. Yeah. You get this platform that does all these services for your consumer. The agent has to be willing to accept that and to provide that. And they have to be able to believe that is the way that they're going to provide value. And I think that's a really difficult sell. Because I think every agent has a different flavor. You went to an agent and said, do you think you should stay connected to your customer? Yes. Do you think these things will help you stay connected? Yes. Do you believe that these things are going to make you look good? Yes. Will you use it? Well, no, I'm not going to use it. No. Um, because these things I want modified or these things I want changed. And so what we have to do is we have to completely change it to, we want to give them the tools to be efficient, to be fast. And so when you think about where we're going, it's, it's, it's less screen time and more FaceTime. That, that's really what it is. Building the, the transaction, the, the, the self-driving transaction platform where everything is autonomous, where the agent doesn't have to do the work. I believe 10 years from now, it'll be like goodbye realtor, hello influencer. And that's a little too early right now, but I believe consumers will want to use realtors based on their influence, like you see on social media, 
And the work is just going to happen on what the price is. That's already going to be determined. How many days on the market? Like imagine if um, a front end big portal said to consumers, here's the average days on market. Here's the average list to sell price ratio. Here's how many offers are, are, are on a property from day one to day 30 to day 60 to day 90. Here's how many viewings are on a property from day one to here's the, you usually see a curve of when the highest traffic for viewings are. If you go to like restaurants, when the busy time for a restaurant is, yeah. imagine that you can see that for a home, how many on average, this house in Folsom, how many viewings it sees online, let alone how many showings it sees, demanding how many offers it gets. And then the average day of acceptance. Imagine consumers having all that data. To me at that point, it's going to be based on influencing, you know, and your influence. And I think realtors have to shift to that because saying you're the best negotiator and saying you make sure things go smoothly only goes so far at some point. And I mean like 10 years from now. So I think it's right now it's, you know, goodbye transaction management, goodbye, you know, goodbye screen time, hello FaceTime. I think 10 years, it's goodbye realtor, hello influencer. And I think they'll still be realtors, but they're going to have to be influential in order for buyers and sellers to want to use them for sure. Whew. What an interesting concept. I, Zillow just bought showing time. So think about that. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to what you said and I'm thinking, well, yeah, that's, that's who's disrupting the, the world. They're going to start giving that data for free to every consumer. Why? Well, let's ask this question. And this is why we, we in our industry have to get better. And our, 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 our folks over in Chicago, realtor.com, you know, or not realtor.com, but National Association of Realtors has to double down on their, 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 their folks. Because think about that. If you're a consumer, would you want to know how many showings are on the property? Yes, you would. You would want to know that. As a consumer who's in a hot market, I would want to know all the data that I can that's not an opinion, but it's quantifiable that yep. gives me information to make the decision I want for my family and for the largest single financial investment I'll ever make in my life. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a consumer, that's what I want. I want that. Just like on Amazon, I want to know reviews of what this product is before I buy it. Yeah. That's what consumers wanted. When Amazon first came out and said, we're going to put reviews, they said, you're going to kill your third-party sellers. It's like, no, but consumers want to know if this is a, a viable product that they can trust. And so to make the, their purchasing dollar power, there's no difference in this. And so you have, we, we have to adjust. I mean, realtors, which I'm pro-realtor, obviously. Um, or we're, it's, it's going to be tough. It definitely is. There's a huge, massive shift in the market right now. What's happening, what's happening in your world in terms of like planning for 22 and 23 tech, data, Zillow, becoming a brokerage, um, you know, title moving to this blockchain that's going to happen in the next three to five years. Yeah. That's going to shift everything. Mortgage is becoming less about a lender, more commoditized, meaning, yeah. you know, what's the points? What's my interest rate, right? Um, yeah. So I'm curious where you see our industry rolling to other than the influencer piece, like what do you think is going to happen to teams, brokerages, agents? Yeah. I, I, believe, I believe, and this is what we're, you know, I'm, I'm talking with our company about, I talk with our, our board of advisors about it. I think the brokerage, brokerages in a whole will be less, no doubt. Um, if you look five years from now, I think we'll have less brokerages 
than we, we have today significantly. Um, my VP team and my data team tells me they, they believe it's not as significant as I do, but I, I believe it's going to be pretty large. Um, if you think about it, you're already seeing there's teams that are bigger than brokerages in many cases. Yeah. Um, there's these mega teams and all I need my broker for at that point is, is to hang my license. And so you've already seen it. You went from traditional old school realtor or brokerage that was a, a standard split and you pay 6% to, to, to dad, the franchisor, and you've already seen that model shift and it's only gone down. Um, and what I'll say is with all respect, the brokerages, I, I love brokerages, it's the race to zero margin. And so you see a lot of these brokerages adding on, which we're helping them do that, add on these ancillary services, more yeah. idle insurance, you know, all, all of these, because their brokerage feeds those ancillary services. And no offense, they make more money on those than they do from realtors. At the end of the day, the brokerage isn't making enough company dollar to, to, to run a really successful business. Now, I think in the East Coast, it's a lot different than the West Coast here. Um, but I still, I, I already, we already see that change coming in the East Coast. But in the West Coast, it's, I'm going to go to your brokerage. I'm brand new and I'm going to get an 80 plus spit, split, if not 90 plus, or I'm going to have a cap paying you $21,000 and they're going to put me into 80, 20 until I cap out. And if I don't cap out, hey, I don't cap out. And that's, or I'm going to go next door. But at this point, it's tough because what's the value prop? So I, I definitely think the brokerages are going to go down, um, meaning we'll have a lot less brokerages in the industry. Um, I think we'll also see a reduction in agents. You could just see by the sheer age of the average age of a realtor. I think there's going to be folks that get out. Um, I think this when this market ships, we'll see that. Um, and I think you'll also see a lot less younger realtors get into the market. I think the data shows that people aren't like, oh my gosh, I can't be to wait to be a realtor. Um, it, it's, you would have thought that a lot more younger folks would come into it. And we're not seeing that. The average age is, is still quite high. Um, and so you'll, you'll see that, that, that change as well. It'd be great to see a, the average age of the top producers, right? The top call it 10, 20%, cause you know, 20% do 80% of the business. Um, but I think you'll see a lot less agents as well. I think as far as how real estate works, I think a lot of new models will come. I think there's a lot of testing and trying and is the industry ready for blockchain and, and, and will that work? And I, I definitely think there's no doubt that blockchain is, is something that's going to be here um, for, for a time. And then there will be a lot of new standards and you have smart contracts and I can go through hours of all that. I just don't think the world, the, the, the standard consumer world or the real estate world is ready for that yet. But I definitely think it's a future five years, I think is a little bit early. Um, but I think you'll start seeing things trade on that for sure. What are, you, what, what are your opinions about where the real estate world is going? We were heading for a crash, then COVID oh, hit. Then, the yeah. yeah, then the government stepped in and gave everybody a bunch of free money, which was cool. Yeah. Um, but we're, what's going to happen over the next year or two? Yeah, so right now, so I never think inflation is at this rate is great um, because what happens then is the government gets in the way and, and wants to try to control things. Um, and right now we have so much inflation. And so when you look at just what's out there, you have tech companies with very, very high valuations, um, very high. You have a lot of money. And when you look at venture, you look at private equity, this money, they, they have to spend it and, and they do. We even see this a lot of my, my, my buddies here in, in Sacramento, they, some of them raised some, some really good values, uh, shockingly values. 
And they're like, we have to hire 135 people in the next 90 days. Like that's hard to do when one, not a lot of people want to work, but two, everything's remote. And three, it's extremely competitive on hiring in technology right now. So when you think about that, everyone's hiring in it, you're competing. And so what you're doing is you're paying more. So he's like, I'm paying way more than what's average out there just because I have to hire these people to hit my goals. And I have to burn through this cash to get my next round of financing. And if I don't burn through it, if I don't throw everything to try to hit the numbers that I told them to hit, I'm going to have a chip. It's going to be hard for me to raise more money. Yeah. So therefore we're going to overpay for people, which only goes up. So now as we recruit, we're paying more for people and everyone's paying more. Everyone's making more. Now we have inflation and the government comes in and goes, Hey, 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 whoa, whoa, hold on. I might put some, you know, some, some, I might hire the rates. And then the money slows down and then you see a lot of things change. I don't think we're anywhere close to that. I think we've got two years before we start seeing that happen. Honestly, I think we'll start, we'll see a a great market for the next call it 14 to to 24 months, at least. Um, A really, you've seen slowdowns of 700 offers on a property to a hundred. So it's still a hot market. And 700 and 100 is exaggeration, but it's, it's still a really hot market out there. Um, and there's still, there's still property values are still high at, at all time. And I think we're in a better place than we were previously because people are either making appraisal or if they're not making appraisal, they're paying out of pocket. And when you go back to you know, 2005, 2006, hot, hot, hot market, I, 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 they paid me to get a mortgage. It was 103% financing. So if I walk away, I have nothing to lose. If anything, I've only gained. Um, in this market, I think there's a lot more to lose. Um, and I, they, they, they've set them, they've set us up the best. I don't think perfect, but they've set us up the best to not have that again. But will there be foreclosures? Yes. Will there be short sales? Yes. Will the market shift? Yes. I think people stay in their houses longer. Um, for sure. What, what are you doing right now personally to protect against inflation and the rising price and the talent? pools getting shrunk and shrunk and shrunk. I guess the question is, what advice do you have for other entrepreneurs who are also building companies, whether tech or real estate related, what should they be doing right now? Yeah. So obviously as a CEO, you have a couple different roles and responsibilities. You know, one is, is, you know, culture. I think that's, that's definitely one, obviously vision, obviously is one. Um, and then making sure to me is you have a, you have really good leaders. I think those are the three things I really try to focus on. And there's other things obviously I do, but that's really what I try to make sure my calendar touches to. I think right now what I even found in this world, and, and we even see it here at Skyslope is, people want to work for a company that is changing the world. And you know not every company does that. Um, and so I think as a CEO or someone who's starting a company, how do you compete with a lot of other companies that have, uh, call it, they've raised more money, they'll want to overpay significantly is staying true to that and staying true to how, what your vision is and making it so folks feel inspired to, to work, whether that's in their apartment on Fifth Avenue, whether that's in an office, that's a WeWork, which sounds foreign now, or whether it's in the, the, the current office where I'm at, you know, it's how do you really make sure that they feel inspired and that they are not only that they're, they, they can relate to the vision, but what they're working on points directly to it. And I have to say, like, I, I've probably taken that not more for granted, but I could have probably 5x down on that more during the pandemic. When the pandemic hit, 
one, we thought, oh my gosh, if the world is the realtors can't even show homes, like <laughs> this is going to be tough. They can't even show property. So how are brokers going to pay us? You know, the company dollar is already low. Now it's poquito. It doesn't exist. So what are we going to do? And so we went into this war room and there's a lot of good things that came out of it, obviously. But we went to this war room and we had to strategize on what we're going to do and what's our strategy and, and the world is changing. And obviously our sales we found that brokers found more value in our software. They needed this because agents weren't coming to the office and people were working remote. And our sales went up with, with really a half of the team that it had. We, we have a 50% lower sales force and we are selling twice as much. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so, but the challenge was we focused so much on that. And if you think about it, like March of not even this year, last year seems like 10 years ago. It's hard to even remember it. it seems like the president's been a president for four years and it, yeah. just, like, it literally feels that way time sped um, up for sure time sped up and so what's bad about that as well is when everyone was in the office we had our our normal all hands like you you were in a flow and so right now we're rethinking all of that because we're not i'm not in front of the company as much as i i think i probably should be uh, we are as a leadership company team not in front of our team members as much um, how do we do that? And what are the best practices? And we've looked at a lot of different companies and we're rolling that out um, starting November, December, and then moving forward where we're doing weekly all hands, like literally weekly all hands, because people don't feel the connection. You can have the best mission, the best vision on the world. How do you constantly show that to your team members, your, your, your teams of this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And this is the impact, whether that's changing the world or not, the impact it is to the business and to our users. And we don't have that right this second on a constant basis. And I feel like you have to do even more remotely. And so that's what I would encourage people to do because the companies that we are recruiting from, we're finding that something that they feel. And even some of the team members that we find are leaving when we do our posts, they're like, I, I want to feel more connected for it. I want to feel more. And you're like, wow, we haven't, we've only done more, but it, it just doesn't seem like more because Working remote is tough. It's just, it's very different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I'm constantly studying what the best practices are, what companies that are really doing well doing this. Cause not every company is changing the world. You know what I mean? Like I work for Tesla and I want zero mission to, you know, to, to get rid of all of it. That's not every company. So what is, what are you changing? How does it affect the people that the lives of the people that it's making change? And how do your team members feel that everything they do is directly, um, directly connected to that. And that's, that's, I think that would be what I would recommend for a lot of people. You're moving into a new level of leadership where you have leaders, you're delegating leadership to leaders. What have you learned in that process? Like what, what are the, some of the keystone, you know, habits, I guess. Um, yeah, my roles change in that as we grew up, we're still young, still startup, but I'd say as we grew up, just being in, we have to have really good executives, in my opinion, especially during this time when people are remote. Um, and, you know, me, it's like PB and J, you know, processes, bureaucracies and jams. That's what I remove. You know, I want to our strategy is offensive to our 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 how we are strategize our business. But, you know, on the outside, but on the inside here, it's it's blocking and tackling. It's how do I block and tackle so my leaders can do what they do best and do it really well. They got a process in place that's not working, let's remove that process. What's the bureaucratic things that are running into your way, if any, let's remove those. What jams, what are you jammed up on? 
let me remove that for you because I want to, I want to throw you the ball and I want you to run and score a touchdown and I don't want anything to block you. So let me block that. Let me get rid of those things if you can't, but that's, that's the role I have is, is setting the company vision, making sure our, our leadership is aligned and then really, you know, removing the PB and J and I don't mean the, the yummy, yummy in my stomach. You know what I mean? I'm talking about the, uh, the ugly, ugly. So. Yeah. I love it. What about, um, the question was, what are you doing to protect yourself personally and the company from inflation? And I'm, I, I'm just kind of curious. What what, personally, like outside of the company? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, what I, what I, I guess my thesis is the government continues to intervene in the market and shift what the val- the real value of money is, right? And over the last two years, they've printed 25% of the entire money supply ever printed in two years. So I find that to be a bigger threat to you and I, entrepreneurs, business owners, people who have built something. Um, I'm curious what you've done personally to protect against that. Um, a couple of different things. One, we, we share a lot of different strategies. I won't go into crazy details. That's like a whole other hour and, and, and not, not a beer, but a coffee. Since I know that, uh, you know, you're, you're all, thin. I'm off. I'm off. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in my white kid group, what we do in my EO group, we share a lot of different strategies on, on tax, tax things on how to save for taxes. Obviously in California, it's a, a brutal, a brutal state. Um, and I actually don't mind paying the tax if I knew the value of what I was paying it for. Like, you know, there's just not enough value specifically in California, um, in my opinion. Um, but also how do you protect yourself, you know, making sure your, your, your portfolios are diversified enough. And so I can go into a ton of those things. I don't know if that's the right, this is the right forum for that, but, um, it's definitely something that I work with with my team on for sure. What about the business? I think for the business, it's, it's the best technology is going to win. I do believe that. I think at the end of the day, um, can you go buy things at other places than Amazon? Yes. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to buy an Amazon. I, my cousin said, I don't want to support Amazon. I want to support local companies. And I'm all about that. And I love that. I said, but I bet you I told her, I said, I bet you, no doubt you can't last 30 days. And she couldn't because it's too convenient. Yeah. And it's, it's too easy and there's value there because time is precious and any time for us in our business, how do we protect ourselves? Whether the market's up or down, I think at the end of the day, real estate will still happen. We've seen it. Yep. How do you make sure you're the best technology? So let's just hypothetically go into the mind of the market's shifted and it's gone down. Yep. It's a horrible state. Great. What comes? Well, people have are upside down in their houses. Let's just hypothetically go through that. And we go back to the days of where I, I, I learned real estate. I'm a ninja in that, that space. So I'm, if that were to come, I think we would only have more value because of what we can provide. That's why SkySlope exists today. So we're looking at those things. We look at the data and we build those tools. We think right now it's a hot market with offers on property. Great. So offer management is a big thing that a lot of realtors find that there's challenges with. Of, I got 32 offers. How do I even manage this stuff? Oh my gosh, it's crazy. What, how do I look professional to my consumer, my, my seller to tell them these are the top three and that's hours and hours of work. Well, imagine you're getting multiple offers on properties and it's REOs or, or, Yep. Or it's big portfolios of, of, of these banks that want to offload these properties. 
what's the technology that's going to exist, which we have and, and, and we built. Um, and, and I think we'll, when that time comes, which it won't be anywhere where it was, no doubt, we will have those, those technologies and softwares. I believe that not only that, our, even TC and the whole virtual professionals and assistance world will play a huge part in that as well. So um, we, we position ourselves that way, but it's, it's all about making it extremely, extremely convenient and, and, and really great technology. I think at the end of the day, that's what's going to win regardless of the market. It's interesting. What um, I like, I always like to end these things with like, what's your one ninja skill for scaling a business? What's the one thing that has led to all of your success? What's the one reason you're here doing this interview versus your competitor? Hmm. Dan Ram with the question, what is my ninja skill? Ninja skill. Um, I would say for me, it's, uh, you have to be super, uh, I think I'm flexible on details. And I think that that sounds interesting, but it's, I'm flexible on details. I'm very stubborn when it comes to our vision. Um, and I think you have to be, I, I think, well, there's a lot of people who within your company that want to say, we should do this, we could do that. And it's like stubborn. Oh, I'll be flexible on those details. I, I would say flexibility. I'm like Gumby. Um, and I think that you have to be able to be flexible. I think another thing is, um, I think really good leaders, uh, I think really good leaders listen a lot, but also they have to change their mind a lot, you know? And I think when you think about things, it's some, we're, everyone's solving really hard problems in the world. And these are complicated and, and, and sometimes you get new information and you have to change your mind. Um, and sometimes you don't get new information. You reanalyze what you had in front of you and you change your mind. Mm -hmm. And politicians are screwed here. They, they can't do it, right? They, they, they get in trouble. But I think, you know, really good people are open and do that very unnatural thing about letting information come in um, and letting go of their profoundly held convictions, right? They, 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 people want to hold on to things. And to me is... I think you have to be really open to challenging what you believe is true and then making the conclusion opposed to being very closed off of things coming in. And so I think I'm really good at that. I, I think it's tough because you, you want to be really consistent, but you don't, it's okay to change your mind. And I think that's what people have a really hard problem. It's like, well, it, you change your mind. I, I did. And here's the data that proves of the information that I gathered, why I chose it, or I re looked at it. We're solving really hard problems. And sometimes you're not going to be right on everything. But yeah, I'd say I'm flexible and I'm open to changing my mind. That's a different Tyler than I knew 10 years ago. Cause I think your response would have been because I'm just aggressive and I want to compete. And like, like so what, what has shifted in your world? Yeah. Uh, some people would say I'm married now, but um, <laughs> um, I, I think, I think, uh, I think what shifted is, I'm super competitive still. I hate to lose. Yep. And I love to win. Um, I love to dominate the victorious beating our drums. I love victory. Um, but I realize with victory, you have to be flexible and that I, I can only go so far. If, if I'm rowing and it's just me and there's like six people rowing next to me, They've, they've got great leadership and they're going to beat me. And I have to change my mindset of how do I have really good leaders in place? 
how do I five X down on them? Um, like I'm, I'm really hard on my leaders in, in a good way. Like I'm not hard to work with, but I'm definitely, this guy's a hard place to work, work for. Like we work, <laughs> it's real work. Um, and so I think what's changed is, is just knowing that in order to compete at a higher level, you're going to have to do that. You know, we, we've grown the company so much since 2017 when we, when we were first, you know, merged with Fidelity. At our level, we have to compete at a higher level. Tyler can't go out and do the things that he thinks sound great, or he thinks this is the winner. Go. There's quantifiable data that proves that now. There's uh, there's user feedback that proves that, and we have really good leaders that can execute on it. And if we don't have that at this level or any level, in my opinion. Guess what? I'm go- I'm going to lose that race um, because of call it my ego or my thoughts or my gut, or I think this is the right way. That's, that's great. But we, we, I, I had to shift massively, as you can tell, um, in order to compete at a different level. Otherwise we would have lost in my opinion. I, I've had a m- mature as a, a CEO and I'm still maturing. <laughs> um, but I had to mature from a 2017 in a beer bottling warehouse on, on 1210 G street. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, with a jacuzzi. <laughs> so <laughs> last question, then we'll wrap it up. What has the growth been since 2017? You merged with fidelity, you've grown the team. You guys have, I know your headcount has been phenomenal, but what are you getting? 200 employees at the time we were doing, you know, call it $12 million in revenue. We'll do well over 30 million this year. Um, I will set for, for, we want to hit over 40 next. So, I mean, things are going pretty well. Yeah. That's really a great, good. that's a great place to end an interview. Yeah. Tyler Smith. Thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate you. It's fun, Dan Ram. 